me before we begin. Heavenly Father, we, we, come, we come before you and we just thank you for what you're doing in this time. Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in this service. Lord, I pray, Lord, would you can just continue to speak into our hearts, into our innermost beings. God, God um, we're all in different stages of our journey. We're all at different stages of our walk with you. But you know how to meet and to, to connect with us individually in a personal and loving way. So, God, we just pray, Lord, would we... Just feel your presence in your kingdom this morning. Would we hear your words? And Lord, we pray, as always, anything that's of me, Lord, would just be blown away in the wind and forgotten. But God, we pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. And would it resound in our hearts your words that you want to share with us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you want to open up your Bibles or turn them on, we're going to be looking at John chapter 15. And it's going to be from... Verse 1 through, through to 17. The, some of you haven't, the words will be up on the screen. That's right, it says, Jesus is speaking, and he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the wine grower. Vine grower. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit from itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father loves me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you may, you, may, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you slaves for slaves that for, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would abide so that whatever you ask of my father in my name, he may give you this command, this I command you, that you love one another. 
we have this passage and it's in between uh, the Passover. Jesus had the Passover with his disciples. Judas has gone away from the group to betray Jesus. And so he's, so he's there with, not the 12, he's there with the 11 speaking to, speaking to them about what is going to potentially happen, is happening. And he's in, this, he's in this in-between stage of having the Last Supper and time before he gets crucified, which we, which we know about. But he says a couple of interesting things, doesn't he? He says, for those who don't abide in him that are just going with the, fl- just going with the flow, that don't bear any fruit, they get cut off. The God's, the fa- God the Father is the wine grower. He, o- he, o- he, own- he owns the vineyard. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And God removes the branches that don't bear any fruit. And part of that is we go, that's fantastic. That's, that's, that's great because we want to abide. We want to abide. You know, we, we sing songs about how you know, God is our he fights our battles, he's victorious, and we stand in that, and so we, we do that. But have you noticed that the rewards for fruit is also pruning? No, no, no matter which way, no matter if you're abiding with Jesus or you bear no fruit, you're going to get pruned. The rewards for bearing fruit is pruning. We know for many, for many reasons that there are seasons on purpose that you prune at certain you prune at certain times. And so normally pruning is done during the winter winter period where there's no where there's the growth had there's been fruit, there's been there's been growth there's been fruit that's been produced, there's been a harvest, and then it's been waiting for that period of time for winter to come in where it's safe and the, and the gardeners know, okay, it's now it's safe to do a bit of pruning, and they'll prune back. It won't be to prune back the, just the, the, the dead parts of the vine. It won't be to prune those parts that have been perhaps infested with insects that are not very well, or there's been virus get in, or there's been damage from the storms that have been coming around, or perhaps you know animals have come in and destroyed destroyed parts of it. There's been outside elements, uh, but it's also part of this process that God uses to prune in order that next year's crop of fruit is just as good as the current season. If you leave a vineyard to, or any fruit for that matter, to just do its own thing, for a few years, the fruit will be ripe, it'll be good, but over time, you'll get, you get less fruit. Over time, the taste of the, 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 the fruit on the outside still looks good, but the taste of it is not quite what it could have been. And left unmanaged, the branches grow tired and weary, and they just go rotten. It's interesting to know, isn't it, that we, we, we know that some, 
we, we know that if you leave grapes on the vine, they'll spoil. After a while, they'll, they'll, drop to, they'll drop to the floor. The animals come and eat it. Some may, some may seed. But if you leave it on the vine, the fruit is not meant to stay on the vine. The fruit is meant to be harvested. It's pruned. It's taken, it's taken away. And one of, the, one of the encouraging things off of this is, is that sometimes when you're going through a, a hard time and you're thinking, why is it always me? Yeah, I felt that. Almost like one thing, you, you, you're doing one thing and you get hit and you're thinking, and you, you, st- you feel like you're starting to get back up a bit. And you're thinking, okay, I've got myself settled now. And then before you know it, the next thing comes and you get hit again. You think, why? No, what have I, do- what have I done wrong? Have I got outside the wrong side of the bed? You know, what, 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 is, what is this? And you start going through the checklist. Have I sinned? Have I done this? And so you start doing all, you, you start thinking, you know, what's, what's going on? And, and you think, am I the, the only one that this is happening to? And sometimes there's a, there's a season where God's making it clear is actually everyone at some point gets pruned. It gets pruned. Not only, not only that, he does it in a loving way. How is this loving? How is this loving? Because sometimes we're at a level and we can become we can become quite you know satisfied with the status quo, can't we? We're comfortable, life's going good, and we just we just enjoy we just enjoy enjoying ourselves. So why don't we just settle at this level? But part of this pruning phase is to help you with the increase. There's nothing wrong with talking about God, about would you, we want more of you, we want more of your fruit, we want more of your blessing. That's fine, but in order to have that and have the, capacity, to have the capacity to reach your vision you have, you have to be pruned in order to be able to facilitate and sustain the extra growth and the more vigor the plants and the, 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 the bigger grapes, the, the more of the harvest. You have to be, you have to be pruned. But the pruning, even though sometimes it might feel like it absolutely takes ages. It feels so long sometimes, doesn't it? Bear in mind, some of it's our own fault because we just don't learn. So you just get, go around in that little circle. And it's like, okay, no, you need to... It's almost like, no, you need to... Before you do anything else, you just need to learn this bit. Before you can go to that next stage, before you can have that bigger capacity that you want and God, perhaps God wants to, put, to, to give you in order to, to bless people, you have to, lear, you have to learn this. Because when we talk about fruit, yes, there's our natural gifts and abilities that we, that we have, whether it's business, whether it's where, where it's art, where it's music, or you know, where it's um, looking after people, where it's caring, you know, well, all that. But it's also, as we know, the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, and you know, the, the list. This goes on. 
He gives you fruit, but in order for that fruit and for you to keep growing in a healthy environment and to keep growing and to keep building your gifts, he has to prune you. It's almost like this testing, it's this crushing. Sometimes you, you, you see it, people have a gifting, and, and this passage talks a lot about abiding in Jesus, abide, abiding in him, staying, staying connected. But a lot of people, and especially the culture that we're in, doesn't want you to abide in the vine, it wants you to abide in the fruit. It's all about the fruit. It's all about, forget, forget, all this, forget all this stuff. It's all about being seen. It's all about being up front. It's all about being the best. It's all about having, having whether it's, whether it's follow, followers, whatever it, may, whatever it may be. It's just like, just focus, just focus. It's the, the simple gratification. The small success will get you places really quickly, but it will not last. And society wants you to focus on, just focus on the fruit. But when you do that and you see the world, all it's doing is striving. It's trying to work stuff out. It's trying to do stuff. And it, sometimes it works for a little bit, but then it just doesn't work. It doesn't sustain itself. Fruit comes naturally when you stay close to Jesus. You don't see a, a vineyard going, I just want to bear fruit. You know, going, you know, striving. It comes, it comes naturally. If there's good soil, if the right, if the right vine is in the is in, in the soil, and the the go, and a vine grower, in this case God, He knows what He's doing. Knows how to water, how to feed, how to train the vines in the right way so the light gets the light gets to it. Because if you have so many vine, so many vines all over the place, the light doesn't get to it. The photosynthesis doesn't happen, and so the quality of the grapes goes down. So he prunes, so so he shapes and he forms you in the way that he need that you need to be, that he wants you to be, that he's designed you to be, in order that you just don't bear much fruit, but you bear much much fruit. And he knows how to water, to feed, to train, to prune in order that you grow. You can trust him. And you don't have to strive. It happens naturally. Simply by staying connected and close. One of the challenges that we have is, for all of us, when that, pr- when that pruning happens, what do we do? We have a choice. We can either, say, we can either keep that connection and abide in God and say, God, you know what? I don't know what's happening right now. We're going through a successful, t- successful things were happening, but... I don't know why these things have come out of, the, out of the blue. Sometimes things are just life, are just life, and they just happen. Sometimes, God, it's just like, okay, you did well in that. You did fantastic. But actually, we need to work on your humility. Just go give that a little cut. And you can see that with the disciples. 
all the, to- all the time. The gifts that they have on their own accord cause havoc and mayhem. Peter has foot and mouth disease. Everything he does outside the kingdom, he puts his foot in it. The best one that I like, and I think it's classic, and how many times do we do it? And we all, we all know it. When Jesus says, I'm going to the cross, I need to go to the cross, he says, no, 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 not. We rebuke that. He rebukes the Son of God. You don't know what you're doing. However, you get that boldness, a little bit of cheekiness, a bit of courage, and you stick that under the kingdom of God, and you abide that with him. You see him at Pentecost in Acts. He stands to a crowd of Jewish and Gentile people, and 3,000, 3,000 people get saved. The gifts and abilities that God gives you, he won't take back. He doesn't want to take back because he knows the gifts and abilities that all of you single people have are for his kingdom. When you place it under the kingdom, you see fruit. But it comes naturally when you abide. The question is, what, what, what's our reaction when that pruning starts to, when, when that pruning starts to happen? We've, we can see it through the pandemic, and we, see it, and we can see it through studies that have been done in, uh, in universities uh, across, the, across the world since the pandemic. The people that were a part of a small, a small group in some way, the people who were cheering each other, who had cheered each other and stayed as a group, stayed connected, and when the church circles stayed connected, built each other up. Yes, the pandemic and COVID is hard, but you could see they lasted and they sustained better than people who then went by themselves. They cut themselves off, went isolated. If you stay connected, if you stay built up, you get the people around you, you stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. What does that look like? Sometimes we go and we look at this world and... You just have to turn on the news and it just seems like it's one disaster from the next disaster to the next disaster. And all you can sometimes get is just like you feel down and sometimes you feel, you know, when's all this going to stop? Is it going to never end? We just want some peace. Who can we trust? And disciples would have been feeling this in the same way with the Roman Empire. That is totally surrounding them, abusing them. It's, it's killing people. It's just like, when is this tyranny going to end? But we know that the Roman Empire didn't last. No, only lasted another couple, couple hundred years. We know from even the pandemic, prime ministers come and go. But the kingdom of God stays the same. It's not going to go anywhere. The story that Jesus has got, and God has got from the, right from the beginning, the planned out to the end... Is still the same. It's on track. And so depending on what we're connected to, if we're connected to the media so, so much that it brings on fear, it brings on worries, going, oh, what's, going what's going to happen? Because sometimes, yeah, you ever seen that film, um, 
the film's just going out of my head. The Lord, Lord of the Rings. And you know, at, at the start, they're all having a party. Gandalf turns up, epic firework display. It's all going good. Sometimes it's a little bit like that. We want, life is going good, and we just want to stay in the party. Then stuff happens, and then we find ourselves on a journey, and we find ourselves battling. And sometimes we're just like, why can't we just stay where we are? We're fine here, but that isn't part of God's plan. That's not, we're never meant to stay in one place. God has got us on a journey. And for you to get to your destination, for you to be the person that God has called you to be, needs you to be, designed you to be, wants you to be, encourages you to be, cheers you on to be, we have to go through a pruning process. We have to deal with our pride, our egos, our humility. We have to deal with our selfishness. We have to deal with our love. And Jesus addresses this in this uh, passage. It says, when you abide in me, when you draw close to God and you're abiding him, you get the heart of God. You start to see what he sees. And what are the two greatest commandments that that he says? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can tell if you're growing in God by are you loving God and are you loving your next door neighbor. If you're loving God and you're not loving the people around you, something's wrong. If you're loving the people around you but you're not loving God, something's wrong. Out of your love for God, you start to see the heart and love for other people. And that's the thing about fruit and, and grapes. When you give them out, it's not just for you. Grapes, whether it's grapes that you eat or whether it's wine, it's distributed, it's shared. The gifts that you have are not just for you, they're for the people around. It's to bless people. But the thing about, the thing about it, and sometimes it gets worse. How can it get worse? Because when you bear fruit, if you want to make wine, you have to cross it. Some of the finest wine can last centuries. But before it gets to that process of leaving that legacy that blesses people, it goes through a process where people just stamp on it. Have you ever felt stamped on? You ever felt neglected? Why am I going through this? Why am I even bothering? Some of it is part of the pruning in order so what you give out is life-giving. God creates everything to give life. And sometimes we, have to check our, sometimes we have to check our own hearts uh, and when, we, when we're speaking to people. Because if we're supposed to be loving God and loving, loving others, sometimes, and we're all guilty of this, we come to um, a Sunday and it's all praise, and it's all worship. But as soon as we leave here, it's all negativity. It's speaking down about people. It's bringing business. It's bringing resentment. And actually God's saying, actually, 
We need to, what you're supposed to be giving to people is supposed to be life-giving. And that's a challenge for all of us. If God is working through us and the f- fruit that we're producing, is that a blessing to other people? Would you drink it? I know sometimes, in my, there's been times in my life when I thought, actually, my attitude has absolutely stunk. My ego was, wasn't, wasn't right. I need to change that. I need to work on that. Which is true, but when you say, God, I need more patience, you know that week you're going to have a, a tough week because you know you're going to be in, patient, in situations where you're going to need a lot, a lot of patience. God, would you keep me humble? You know that period of time, God is going to say, okay, that's absolutely fine. That's a fantastic prayer. We're going to put you in situations where you're going to need to be humble. But are you willing to do it? But if you want to bear more fruit, you have to go through the pruning process. And you have to keep that connection. You have to fight for that connection sometimes. Jesus is there in this passage, and he's, and he's saying to us, look, this is what you've got to do, because I'm about to get crushed, and it's for you. You want, to bear, you want to bear fruit? Abide, just as I am abiding in my Father. I am going to the cross. I am going to be crushed on a cross. I'm going to take all your sin, and it's going to come upon me. Not just that, the full wrath of God is going to come upon me. And I'm going to take that crushing. So when you drink of this cup and eat this bread, do this in remembrance of me. But out of that crushing, the fruit gives life. You are restored. You are healed. It leaves a le- that crushing leaves a legacy for all, all humanity's lifetime until he comes back. All those who call in the name of the Lord and say, God, will you forgive me, will be saved. But Jesus says it from the outset. If you want to follow him, you've got to pick up your cross. You've got to pick up your cross and you've got to face those times where you'll see fruit and it's going to be fantastic. And in those times, it's like, God, thank you for working in me. Thank you for doing this. But then there comes the point of there's going to be that moments where it just feels like you're being crushed. But the encouraging thing is, in those moments, the crushing isn't the destination. The crushing is not the destination. It's only a small process phase. And even though that small process phase seems like ages, it seems like you're going through all of them, the fruit that will come out of it will give God so much glory and it will bless so many people. It is worth it. But are you willing to sacrifice? This day and age, so many people are trying to, I'm just going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you go from one thing to, I'm going from one thing to the other, and you finally realizing, do you know what? I'm just not seeing any, any fruit. And I don't, I don't know why. I'm, I'm do, doing this, it's, it's not working out. I'm doing this, and it's not working out. So I'm changing, I'm going to go this. And sometimes you're chasing after stuff, and you're saying, actually, just stop. 
Who are you trying to please here? Some of you are struggling to abide because perhaps someone's passed, perhaps a parent or a grandparent has passed away years and you're still trying to live up to their expectations. Perhaps the way that we live our lives is we're trying to, I just thought, my family has just had shame all their life, so I'm just trying not to bring shame on the family. Do you know what I've done? I'm just I, so, uh, the way I'm living, just because I've got so much guilt, and I'm just living the way I am because I just don't want guilt to come. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to keep a low, I'm trying to try and keep a low profile. What are you abiding in? What are you connecting to? If you're not happy with the fruit that you're producing, if you're not happy with the life that you have got. What you check what you're abiding in. Be honest with yourself. I know he's not a, a he's, he's not a Christian, but it explains a lot. Elton John, when they interviewed him, he just did a passing comment, and his passing comment was. I'm just trying to win the approval of my father. And that explains everything, doesn't it? All the glitz, all the show, all the glamour, the flamboyance. He's just trying to get the approval of his dad. He's lived his whole life just for that. But I encourage all of you, don't live for your parents. Respect them. Honor them. Take care of them. Look after them. Sometimes that's a pruning process. But it comes a point where we should be living for an audience of one. And that's God. There's over, what, 8 billion people on this planet. You're bound to upset one person. Even God can't please everyone. And we all know that. At one end of the stadium, a group of people saying, please God, let my team win. At the other end of the stadium, there's no bunch of people, please God, let my team win. One's part of the city saying, God, we just need some rain. The other part of the city saying, we just want it to be nice and sunny for this whole, whole week. You can't please everyone. So why bother? Who are you trying to please? You only have to please one person, and that's God. He's made you, he's called you. People only have power over you if you let them. If you give them permission to to dictate how you live, they will. There's a a saying that I don't don't know if you you know is that God loves you, but everyone's got a plan for your life. And if you let them, 
people will, di will dictate what you do, how you do it, why you do it. And you, th and you get you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, you're thinking, I've come so far, but I've produced so little. I've come so far, but produced so little. What are, you, what are you abiding in? What are you connecting to? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to come and bring restore, restore, restoration and healing into your life? Are you going to let the bitterness go away? Some plants die because part of the plant dies and it dies back and it spends all its resources into trying to bring restoration and life back into that dead branch that when the, the heat comes the plant hasn't got any resources and so it withers and it dies over time are you trying to put resources into something that God's gone cut That's not part of you. And you're claiming it and you know you're standing on the word and you're doing all this, and God's going, No, cut. Do you know what he wants you to do? Do you know what he's called you to do? The fruit that we produce sometimes when we don't know, we're going from here, there, and everywhere. Have you, do you know what he's called you to do? Have you actually sat down or gone away and spent some time saying, God, and even got a piece of paper and just wrote down everything that you're good at and everything that you get frustrated at and say, God, this is what I think I'm good at. This is what I get frustrated at. What do you think I'm good at? What do you want to speak to me? And you never know, as you're writing those lists down, you might see something that's an overlap. And if something overlaps, that might be what God's called you to do. Because if you get angry about it and in, a righteous, in a righteous way, and you're really gifted, you'll, see, you'll start to see fruit because you're doing something that you love, but you're also you're impacting lives and you're affecting something that needs to change, and you bring fulfillment, and you bring life and restoration to people. Do you know what he's called you to do? If you don't know, I'd say, encourage you to make that your top priority. Seek God. Do not let it go. Wrestle with God. If it takes you all day, all night, if it takes you all, all year to try and listen to his voice, seek him. Because bearing fruit isn't, a, pa isn't a, a passive thing. Some people perhaps, you, you see it and they say, do you know what? I'm just going to sit here and you know, if God wants me to have it, he'll... He'll, 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 it, it will happen. And their whole life's passed them by.
the gifts that he's given you, he's saying they're good gifts. Use them for his king. Use them for his kingdom. As you're using them, as you're abiding, as you're seeking, your gifts will grow and develop. There's an active, there's a two-way, it's a relationship. If you want a lifelong friend, you have to have them for a lifetime. Sometimes we, want the in, we live in a world that everything is, is instant. I, I'm in that generation. I'm in. I'm in that area where still I can see bits and pieces where I'm enjoying that. You know, I can just send a message on whatever on whatever platform it gets, and instantly I can send a message across the world. But I'm also from the area where if you wanted to send someone a message, you had to write them a letter and post it, and then you had to wait three or four days for their reply to come back. And sometimes in this time, in this in this season where everything is instant, we've lost this resilience to be prunes because everything is instant. But in order to grow, in order to develop, in order to produce fine wine that leaves a legacy that can last a lifetime, and give, there's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Are you willing to abide? Can you be resilient? When he gives a little prune, are you going to stand firm? Because Ephesians 6, it says, put, when it says, you know, put the armor of God on, that is simply just to stand and hold your ground. That's not to go on the attack. That's simply to stand and hold your ground. And if you don't do that, and we don't, be careful of what we're letting into our lives. We don't be careful of what we're watching. We don't be careful of actually are we guarding our quiet time? Are we, we don't, we're not watching actually my Bible time is studying, is slipping. My, my prayer life is, is going down. All these different bits because I'm so, so busy, so busy. Sooner or later there's areas of our lives we're thinking, you know, my character and my life, it just wasn't like that. What's changed? What's happened? I guarantee if if you look and examine and look at, are you being fed? Are you allowing yourself to be fed? Are you allowing yourself to grow? Are you allowing yourself to be pruned? Are you allowing yourself to have that quiet time alone with God as Jesus modeled? We have to look and examine. And one of the scariest things is actually to look at ourselves in the mirror and to be honest with ourselves. And part of the abiding is to standing and say, do you know what? I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and just say, do you know what, James? You sucked at that. You're an absolute idiot. Why did you say that? And own it. But you're good at that. I know my strengths. I'm fully aware of my weaknesses. One of the most challenging parts of um, my life was back in back in Chelsea with the youth group. We didn't have a worship leader for the youth group, and I am not a gifted worship leader. I'm sure if I, when it comes to the worship sessions, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God are doing what paper scissors to trying to say who listens to James this week. Um, 
you know, it's not my favorite, not my favorite, for, not, not my favorite forte, but they're like, okay, need to try and get a, wor- a worship team. I was like, okay, we need to develop this side, but I'm not going, I'm working outside of my gifting, and, but because it needs to be done, I'm trying to get people to come in. They say that we come in and they're not helping, and you just form, and then we work outside your gifting, although people, some people are starting to fire and some people are starting to blossom, there's just a big pile of mess. It's not me. And sometimes the messes that we cause is because actually we're trying to be something that we're not. And we just have to be honest with ourselves and say, do you know what? That is not me. That's not what God has called me to be. And do you know what? That is absolutely fine. That is absolutely fine. God has called you to be you. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. Just as that, there's no um, two snowflakes, there's no two people identical. Even identical twins are different with the DNA. They're not fully identical. You are not supposed to be someone else. You're supposed to be you. And part of that is being able to look at yourself in the mirror, warts and all, get rid of your ego. Be humble and look at yourself and say, this is who I am. But also know and remember whose you are. I may be this, but actually I'm a friend of God. I'm a child of God. He designed me. He made me. And if he's cheering me on and if I'm abiding in him, if he's cheering me on wanting me to be me, who can be against me? I might not please people, but I'm living for an audience of one. So if he's called me to be who I am, I can find fulfillment in that. And I'll let the chips fall as they lay because I'm being me and who God's called me to be, and that's okay. Because there's so many good things out there that you can do. But if you get distracted and you're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing that, you'll never find your purpose and you'll never achieve and have the impact that you want and that you want your life to have because you're so, I'm over here, I'm over here. You're trying to do stuff, you're trying to find success when all you just need to simply do is just simply abide and be you and learn to listen to follow God and that fruit comes naturally. All the stress and the striving, I just need this amount of, I just need to do this, I just need to do it, then I'll be happy. People can't make you happy. There's only one place where you'll find your happiness. And that's in God. In your abiding relationship with God, that's the only place you'll find your true happiness. It's the only place you'll find your true worth. And fulfillment is that abiding. If you're all if you're doing, if you're so focused on the fruit and that's all you're going for, you'll never be happy because you'll never please every, everyone. And when you do something wrong, the people around you, and you see it on social media, you see it on the news, someone will do something wrong and all society will crucify them even though they've done the same thing. Because everyone wants to li- lives people up to a higher standard, but no one lives by them. There's only one place you can find 
that freedom and restoration, living in peace and knowing that even though you've upset a few people, your hands are clean with God. And that's because you're following him. You're abiding. Keep remembering the sovereignty of God. God is in control. He reigns. It's his kingdom. Remember what Jesus has done for you. He came, not only did he, was he at the beginning creating the earth, but he came down, dwelt among us, died for us, took his wrath, died and came back to life. He set you free. He's coming back for you. You're not alone. You're his. You're not orphans. You're not abandoned. The world might say, you're just by yourself. Just fight. Just do it by yourself. That's not biblical. He says, the Bible makes it clear we are to stay together. Be united. Encourage. Some people feel like they've, gone, they've, been, they've had a mandate from God to tell God or to tell people who's in the kingdom and who's out of the kingdom. Can I politely say that's not your calling? That's God's. This passage makes it clear it's up to God who decides who comes and who goes. That's not your calling. Just in the fact that, you know, James and John, Jesus with James and John, they can't enter a, a city, a, you know, a village city won't welcome them in. And so they have a little meeting and they, you know, between themselves and they think it's a good idea. And they say, do you know what? We've got a brilliant idea. Jesus is going to love it. And so they go back to Jesus. Jesus, you know this place? They won't, they won't allow us in. So if you just, you know, give the, give the word get go, um, we're just going to pray fire that comes down and just kills them all. Don't worry. We'll give, all, give you all the glory. Since when does someone not welcome you in demands a hellfire and brimstone approach. Disciples, they're going out and they're saying, Jesus, there's some people over there and they're casting out demons and they're healing the sick. They're not with us, so we told them to stop. I mean, because, you know, they're be- you can understand it. They're being loyal and they're things like that. And Jesus goes, you know what? You're inf- I like your loyalty, I like your enthusiasm, all that, but actually that's not, that's not the part of the kingdom. Kingdom is that like, they're not against us, they're for us. And so you see this bit of strand up here, this, this branch, we're just going to give that a snip. Just take that off. So I just remembered a funny joke, but I'm not going to say it. Um, um, no, I'm not going to say it. Okay. And as my next point was going to be, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it, is guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for from it the springs of life flow. Guard your heart. Don't let infection get in. 
Don't let bitterness creep in. Do not let resentment creep in. Do not let jealousy creep in. When we look at the Ten Command, when we look at the Ten Commandments, I'm thinking, oh, really? Some people go, yeah, but the Ten Commandments, you know, it's just a bunch of rules. They're a bunch of rules to keep people happy. Because we shouldn't go around, we shouldn't be going around killing people. We shouldn't be around going coveting people, other, what other people have. We shouldn't be jealous. We shouldn't be envious. We should be building other people up. We should be encouraging people. We all should be respecting people. And as you abide, and as you allow the scripture to come in and to transform you, the passage says, what you ask for will be given. That comes through abiding, seeking, knowing the heart of God. Not just a wishy-washy prayer but coming down to actually knowing the heart of God. And when you know the heart of God and when you're praying for something, he delights in that. He goes, okay. That comes from an abiding, deep connection 